Welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. I am your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about the things that are top of mind as you navigate your career, whether corporate or otherwise. The plan is to get you out of your rut and talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Welcome to The Village. Welcome to this week's episode of The Rutledge Perspective, and I am so because I have the most incredible person as an interview guest today. Um, we met for the first time through someone and our like 45 minute conversation ended up being like two and a half hours. <laughs> and I know you're going to be really excited to meet her. And her name is Elena Fulvio. And so I'm going to read you a little bio for her. And then we're right in because I just know she's got some really great things to share with you. So Elena Fulvio is a 13 time world record holding athlete in skydiving and a six top Silicon Valley in-house talent advisor and recruiter turned global hiring people and profit strategist and advisor focused on ensuring companies and their non-HR hiring teams in any industry get hiring right. She is disrupting the market and eliminating one of the world's biggest profit and culture draining blind spots with her innovative plug and play solutions that offer the market what it never has had before. She's the hiring thought leader who has cracked the code on how to get talent acquisition and retention right earlier. Elena and her team empower businesses with what they need to hire high-performing cultures of retained and profit-driving employees with the least spend and time. With the highest ROI, she sees things far deeper and faster than most in her industry, which gives her clients the upper hand. Elena, I am so excited. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Yay! Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. Awesome. It's going to be amazing. Awesome. So we met and, you know, I couldn't believe, first of all, when Michelle introduced us, she's like, you got to meet her. And by the way, she's this champion skydiver. I'm like, what? So I'm like, recruiting, skydiving, help me understand. So as we kind of get started, give us a little bit about, a little bit more about what you're doing now. And then I want to go back and say, now, how did you get there? Right. So what you just read is perfect. I mean, it was a great summary of what I do. It's perfect. It's spot on. Um, so essentially what I do, and from all the experience that I had, uh, what I do now is I focus on businesses. Now it could be, could be small, could be a two person business or a one, a one woman show yeah. uh, who wants to hire a contractor or a W2 or whomever it, whoever's hiring whatever they need to it could be a few hundred people um, and what i focus on really is ensuring that the gap that has happened generation after generation which is instead of it being give me resumes let's try to hire the best i focus on actually the decision makers and ensuring that they have a simplified process that is optimized efficient and it's repeatable and so i go in and i work with these with these business leaders with their hiring teams so Hiring teams, actually, let me define that because um, the world generally will think of recruitment, right? They'll think of recruiters and they'll think of HR. Um, right. Hiring teams, 99% of the decision makers are non-HR and recruiters. They're the engineers, they're product, they're program managers, they're, they're everybody but the recruiters. And so um, I focus on ensuring that they not only are empowered with the process because then they can spend more time in their zone of genius, in the area that they love to do. Because uh, I've never met a person that said uh, that they wanted to quit their job to become a recruiter. Like I've never met an engineer that said, I, I would love to quit to be, being an engineer and, and go be a recruiter. Everyone wants to, to work in their, in their zone of genius, in their happy place. 
but they're right. all requested and required to hire. Mm -hmm. So I ensure that they have a process that they all can, can, um, that they all can utilize, that there's alignment within the team. Because if you have everybody, if you have five people on that hiring team or the interview team, um, and they're not optimized as a team, they're not gonna be expedited and they're not gonna be able to trust each other, et cetera. And then the candidate experience, as we know, uh, yes. just gets totally degraded and they could be the best company in the world, but the experience that the candidates are having is they're not the best company in the world to work for. So essentially what I do is I make the lives of, of every business easier by bringing to them a, a proprietary system that I put, it's plug and play from the moment that, um, from the moment that they have the concept of hiring to the moment the person starts day one in every intricate moving piece. So I partner with the business leaders, their hiring teams. Um, I do workshops and I train them to be able to work within the process and to ensure that they have the right mindset, skill set, um, and capabilities to, to hire right, hire their cultural fits, hire their tribe, hire their true fits, um, and send away the people who are not, but send them away with gratitude. So exactly. that's what I do. Everybody should be treated with dignity and respect. Just because they're your organization doesn't mean they're a bad person or unworthy. Right. 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 Hundred percent. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's you never something know. I. Sometimes that gives you a, even a better reputation because someone can say, you know what, they offered me the job, but man, that was a great experience. Hundred percent. I mean, I the the clients that I've had. Uh, mind blown when I said, you know, when you're in that interview, really get what the person wants in their life. Like really, really get it. Like, and I teach them ways to do that, right? Because it's not just really instinctual. So I teach them ways to do that. And I said, if in that moment you feel as a company, as an organization, you can't provide them uh, a happy life that is balanced between work and whatever they want in their life, mm -hmm. acknowledge that with them, have that conversation. And if it still can't be worked out, then, then have that, that respect and gratitude for them and wish them well along your way, but stay in contact. Exactly. You know, they gave you their time. You're both offering your time and you never know. They might have someone they go, hey, gosh, that was a really great interview. How about right. I have three people that actually fit exactly what you want in your culture? So we're all in this together. We're all in this together. That's awesome. And so how, you know, if you think about it and reading that bio, skydiver to <laughs> talent, whisperer. I mean, how, how did that come about? What was, what was your journey to get here? Uh, so it's quite interesting. So after college, so I went to UCSB, so Santa Barbara, I uh, majored in sociology uh, because I was fascinated, just fascinated with how people think and, and cultures and how they move and, and what I took a lot of black studies classes. Actually, people thought I was a black studies major, which right. I was just fascinated with the movement. Um, and out of college, I'd gone to one year of, um, of university in Florence, Italy. Loved it, graduated college. I moved back to Italy in uh, 1999, moved back here during the dot bomb. So I missed the dot, whoop, I missed the dot shoot up. Came right. back when it was the bomb. I had no idea it was the bomb. Um, and I had excelled in Italy and outside sales. Came back, I got a, a sales job selling copiers and printers, which wasn't necessarily my... <laughs> Right. my truth, but I did it. Uh, and three months later, the whole sales org was, um, was laid off. Mm -hmm. And I was at a point in my life where I, I really was at a point where I said, well, who am I? And what do I want to do? I, I, I'm, I feel the culture of Italy, but I feel the culture here. I don't have a job. Uh, and what do I want to do? I was really at a loss. And so about a year and a half, I, I dabbled in a couple different things. And, um, and, uh, a year later, uh, 
I was at a standstill. I remember looking up at the sky thinking, what do I want to do? And I said to myself, I just need to do something to shock my system. Mm-hmm. I just need to do something I would never do. So I called a friend up and I said, he was a, he's a tandem master. He would take people on, on skydives. And I said, remember how I told you I would never do that? And he said, yes. I said, I'll see you on Sunday morning. He goes, are you crazy? And I said, no, I need to do it. It's something I need to do. So the story goes, I show up, we make the first skydive, we get down, the videographer says, wasn't that great? And I gave a thumbs up and I said, that was amazing. And I said, you are a liar in my head. I said, you are a liar. I said, you did not enjoy that at all. And I looked at my friend and I said, I'm going again. And he said, what, what are you talking about? And I said, I literally was on that skydive and I didn't allow myself to truly feel it. I didn't allow myself to truly feel the joy or the scared or I tried to control it. I was so scared of it. I was, I was in resistance to experience him. Long story short, I did a second one that day and out the door, he hung me there for a little longer and I just expelled through a yell, all of my fears, all of my control, all of everything. And I released myself to the process yeah. and I let myself experience it. When I got down, not only was skydiving a challenging, a very challenging sport, but I looked at them and I said, if they can, I can. And the people were incredible, very just nurturing. And I've never experienced a tribe like that before. So that was 2002. Trans, um, and that was every weekend. I was going every week. I was just, wow. I loved it. So you could say I overcame a fear. I was still fearful of it, but it was a sport. <laughs> I was, I've been an athlete all my life, um, in Olympic development and soccer and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And um, fast forward to 2004, I had put my, when, when hot jobs and monster were big, yeah. I put my resume out there and it months and months. And I got this call one day and they said, Hey, And I find you, I've been in Italy for a while where my last, I I typed out on a typewriter, my last, uh, yeah. And uh, not even on computer. Okay. So that was the typing. And uh, they called and they said, um, do you want to be a recruiter? And I said, what's a recruiter? And he said, oh, just coming in for the interview. So I interviewed and I was like, oh, I can try that out. It's interacting with people. And I'm, I loved it. I, I geek out. My geek out is people, like what they think, how they do, what they want. Fast forward, I got into a position uh, with an agency. And for six months, and no knocks to agencies, if you do it in my way, in the way of you do it with people first, not numbers first, mm-hmm. right? Because really recruitment for a company of people who want to hire people, it's all about people. It's not numbers, it's not profit, it's how do we together as a human being race come together mm-hmm. and thrive together. So six months at that role and um, I quit six months in because it was a numbers game. And I that was my that was my big turning moment in my career where I vowed I would never work for an organization that made numbers first um, and forced me to do the same. So luckily I, I was hired by a company and they put me in-house. So I work in-house organizations. So I started out at a company called uh, Reared in Commerce. So it's a SaaS company software, which was, oh, I was actually in semiconductor to start out. I was with AMD uh-huh. for three years. And then I was put into software, which was great because it's really fast. I love fast. I love chaotic. I love I love things that are, don't make sense because I'm a strategist. I look at the gaps and I go, how can we be efficient? How can we connect process? How can we connect humans? And how can we be efficient and powerful? And actually that started, that launched to who I am today. So through, through Reardon Commerce, then I was pulled over by the 
head of uh, recruitment over to head of talent over in LinkedIn mm -hmm. um, to serve one of their, you could say, underperforming engineering teams when it came to hiring. And really, mm -hmm. they're not underperforming humans. They just had never been trained and developed in how to hire. Right. And the same was with Weird and Commerce. Then from LinkedIn, I was pulled over to GoPro to be uh, their first in-house recruiter. Uh, and I was given five different teams, same thing. They said, uh -huh. here's five teams and we have a recruitment process, but we don't have any, any process for them, which was where I actually was able to start bringing in uh, the strategy that I've created, the human connection, the how to align these teams. And so I didn't realize it, but my business started then. My actual being a hiring strategist and human connector and people optimizer started right then. So I was there for about a year. And then I was pulled over to a company called Medallia and a SaaS organization, fantastic. And they gave me the head of engineering there. And um, he and I are wonderful friends, but I will tell you what I was told on my first day was, we're so sorry. He's hated every recruiter that he's ever worked with. And we've heard what you've done. Can you please help him? And needless to say, seven months later, um, he was, he and I became, I mean, it was resistance to start. Yes. It was, and it, I'll, let me, I'll say one thing about leadership business owners or hiring teams and recruitment. It's not the most fun aspect for hiring teams. They're, again, they're not going to quit their jobs to become recruiters, but they're required to do so. So my philosophy became, how do I make this fun? How do I make this something that they can not only see me as a partner, but they get that this can be something that is a part of what they do, but it's systematized. So it's repeatable so that it's a process that they can bring in two or three or four more people and everyone knows what they're doing. So that entire, the entire, and, and during that time, by the way, mind you, uh, I, I had, uh, during that time, I did what, 10, no, nine world records, skydiving world records. Wow. I was in one of the disciplines. I was uh, one of the first female uh, on one of the records. Um, I actually had a tragedy in 2009 where my husband uh, died soon after we got married. Mm -hmm. And from, but I'll say from that, it gave me my truth. That tragedy was the worst thing that ever happened mm -hmm. to me and the greatest. Mm -hmm. Because in that moment in 2009, I realized if I'm going to do the work that I'm going to do, what it's all about is people and connection and our truth. Yeah. And so that is, has weaved into my, my work, which is why I've come. And now I have 13 world records um, under my belt. And um, where I am now, all of that, all of the mess to success and all of the falling down and tripping and, you know, watching others do the same. That's what I want to help businesses avoid right. is say, I'm going to take my 16 years mm -hmm. and help you with, and I, I can take teams and turn them around within a week. I can right. take teams and turn them around in two weeks and have them be high performing, enjoying it and the candidate experience. So that's what I've done over my career. That's why I've, I've become who I become. And I'm a natural spirit of we're all in this together. Let's do this. Let's be the power together. I believe the power of we is where we thrive. See, and that's amazing. And I, and I hope you guys caught that. I mean, we, especially now, you know, as we're doing this interview, we're in the midst of everybody being locked down and it's, you know, it's really crazy right now. And everyone is having to figure out how to function. Some in total isolation, right? Some families, which could be good or bad, right? If yeah. you're having to be with them 24-7. Right. Um, but, but it's all about, we're finding it's all about human connection and how we're connected. 
And, and it's really important as, as if you're one person who's been listening to my podcast or even to my show, that whole idea of not sitting in overwhelm, of really understanding that, yes, we need to understand and own and give ourselves grace in the tragedy because tragedies are real. Life is not easy. You, nobody gets out of this life unscathed. Nobody. <laughs> but how we respond to those things and how we turn those things around and find, as you say, find our truth in those moments right. and own those and step through and say, okay, now who am I going to be on the other side of this, right? Is 100%. really powerful. It's so powerful that we can come to that. And so if you, if you go back to that, you know, you're doing all these records and you're building this business with this strategy and you talk about how it's all about people. Give everyone a little bit more on your philosophy about this connection. Like as you, as you went through that tragedy, as you started building this business and helping teams and this one particular person that was, you know, a little bit of a challenge at first, what yeah. was it for you that said, it really is all about people and connection? Right. So, um, well, the first position that I had, the one that I quit, I, re I realized quickly as I watched them treating people like numbers, mm -hmm. I, I got quickly and, and being a sociologist, I went, this is not a numbers game. This is a human game. Um, and the, the, other, the other times that, I, that it, it clicked, that it resonated with me was I, I, I'm not only a business coach, but I'm also a career coach mm -hmm. and I coach people in their careers. And what's funny is because the candidates that I recruited um, I became instant connected with instant. You could say friends. We're not supposed to be friends, but right. <laughs> just, I, I, you know, but I was, I was always the oddball out. It's like, wow, Elena, why do you spend so much time with these candidates? And I said, these are human beings. These are not resumes, right? The these are not resumes and these are not candidates. These are human beings. Yes. And my job as a recruiter, as the mediator, as I have their life in my hand, and I have the business's life in my hand and the business, the philosophy, my, my 100% like foundation philosophy is that a business, it's number one asset is its people. Mm -hmm. You can have product. The product can be absolutely outstanding. I mean, take the greatest companies that you know, the mm -hmm. greatest companies, if every one of their employees left right now, right. how strong would that product be? It wouldn't. And I've had that conversation with founders before I acknowledge the product that they've created, the innovation and the blood, sweat and tears they put into it. Mm -hmm. And then I ask them, and I, this is one of the, I do, I do social experiments often. Mm -hmm. uh, to your question, I've asked numerous founders and, and businesses um, who are seeing that pain too late. You know, they get to 30, 40 people and they see the turnover and they see, wow, why am I losing these people? And why is, it, why is my profit lacking? And uh, why, do, why is the culture disconnected? And I say, well, have you taken, have you taken the hiring process and made it your first, like your, your hiring strategy and made your people your number one asset and invested in them first? Mm -hmm. Or have you gone by like what Einstein says, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, right? It's, right. And it's to no fault of founders and business owners. It's to no fault. It hasn't been offered to them and said, hey, the blind spot for, for your profit loss, for your culture deterioration, for whatever is, lo is lost, is actually taking the higher process and people and putting it first, mm -hmm. right? Is putting it before that. And so my aha moments throughout my entire career was every time I would be given these 
um, these challenged organizations, these challenged teams, and they weren't recruiters. So they weren't bought in. They weren't like, oh, I, I'm so excited to hire. I just, you know, how about I do that 50% of the time? Right. <laughs> they didn't really want to be. I, I've done, I've done workshops and I, my first question is who wants to be in a two day workshop and nobody raises their hand. I get it. I wouldn't want to be in an, I wouldn't want to be taught code for two days. I'd rather, I don't know, do a lot of other things. So the aha moment for me is, was when I went into each one of these groups and I, at the moment I had no idea, you know, those moments where you think, why, why am I going through, why am I going through this right now? What is there? And I popped out on the other side of all of this and said, I went through all of that because I needed to not only have organizations look at people in a different way, but I needed to come to them human centric. I needed to come to these engineers and product managers and directors and VPs and CEOs, come to them as human centric. I had to embody it. If I didn't, then they didn't have a chance. Right. So every time I came to them, I came to them as partner. I didn't come to them as recruiter. And so what they got out of that was someone who said, I'm here with you and for you. And what I need from you is to step in as well. So the human centricity came from me being like you were saying before is embodying it as a leader, embodying my truth, embodying who I am and showing up that way. And then offering them solutions that actually work because there's a lot of people that say I'm authentic and I'm, I'll be your partner, but they don't show up. They don't offer solutions. So the aha moments really, where I just, I saw the cultural breakdowns too. I, I watched, I mean, the greatest companies that I worked, I mean, I've, I've been so fortunate to work for who I've worked for, mm -hmm. but I've watched them hire, even against my own will that I wanted them to hire some of these people mm -hmm. and them to leave a month, two months, three months into it. And it wasn't because they didn't like each other and they weren't skillfully aligned. Mm -hmm. It was because they would offer people a job with more money, but they couldn't offer them their life. Right. And what we're here all to get is our life, not a job, not the business. We're actually here for our lives. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I, I realize I focus on really is how does everyone get the life that they want? How do they fit their life? How do they fit their career into their life? Mm -hmm. How do you fit hiring into, into the entire system? Right. So really that's, that's how I adopted it. And it just, it's my truth. It's, it's what I've always known. The human connection is, is by far the greatest power that we have amongst each other is Absolutely. to utilize ourselves as, as an offering mm -hmm. to be a connection, right? right. And to help others get what they want in life by partnering with them. So that's, that's what I embodied. And that's what I saw. Cause I, I, I couldn't go in and just bully them. That wasn't my way. And um, it, that doesn't create, it doesn't create teams. Teams right. are people who are connected aligned and out for each other. If you want to be a solo lone wolf, then you just kind of do it on your own. But I would assert that anybody business owner that wants to create a culture of aligned people that are high performing and profit driven, don't want a bunch of lone wolves. They want team players. So you have to come with partnership. And I just saw that throughout. There was a lack of partnership, a lack of, of taking the time and defining it, of really, really defining Mm -hmm. um, and then investing in their people, but not necessarily their, their candidates. It's their current people to, to, there's only one part of a business that is required to do there's uh, by every business function. There's only one, one function that they're all required to do hiring. Mm -hmm. There's no engineer that would have to do marketing or marketing. That's going to have to go code the next day. Every function has to hire. Mm -hmm. So, um, I saw it as great. Let's not force them. 
let's right. let's supply them with a process where they can align themselves, be efficient, and they bring the human centricity to it. And that's the win. The win is human centricity. That's just what it's all about. See, I love that. And, and there were a couple of things that you said in there, especially around, like I have, I have a pillow somewhere that says, don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life, right? Yes. So we forget sometimes how important that is. And I think the other piece that you said is that whole idea of partnership and collaboration. And so, you know, HR, we talk about this all the time with HR people. And, and I can say this because an HR person, right, is there is no other function that feels like they have to put business partner in their title right? HR business partner, right? Because it's just, it is just assumed that everyone else is going to be partnering with the business. And what is so important about what you said, even in putting people first is you're putting people first, understanding that the people are critical to running the business. And so in order to get the right people, you've got to understand the business and the business people have to be able to translate what's amazing about their business and about their to the people that they want to hire. It is a partnership of yes. business philosophy and strategy with talent sourcing partnership and strategy. And that thing, it's not just, as you said, about the numbers. It's not just about what does the job description look like and have you put it on Indeed or did you just put it on LinkedIn? Yeah. Those things are important, oh. but that's not the fundamentals, right? <laughs> the no. Fundamentals. no. What are you trying to do and who's going to help you get that and how do you find them, right? Right, right. And then asking them, so do you, do you want to be a part of it? Do you like it? You know, finding out, do they really want it? Cause you have people that have said, have said no, you yes. know? And so, yeah, the, the emergence of understanding the business need of the business function and then merging the people with it and getting clear with their mindset and aligning them in it with a team. And uh, it's like, I say to everyone, I said, it doesn't matter what resumes you have. If you cannot execute them along with the rest of your team, in the most optimized way, your search and your resumes mean nothing. You will lose your A players because you are not putting forward uh, an A player hiring process or team or candidate experience. Right. End of story. So, but a lot of, to your point, a lot of companies put business first mm -hmm. and, and then forget that there's that, it, it's a non-negotiable. The people right. are what power businesses and right. story. Right. So, Yeah. And even talking about you know, your A and B players, the fact that you go in and help business owners understand what it really means to find the right talent and to hire the right talent. Because um, there was this, this book called Top Grading. Brad Smart did it a <clears throat> long time ago. And he talks about A, B, and C you know, players. But what I loved about his, his definition of, of A player is the best talent get in the market for your business for what you're willing to pay. And your strategy of sitting with hiring people to say, okay, so let's talk about what you need, what you say you want. Yes. And do those things match? And if not, we got to get a strategy to make sure you're clear on the need and the want and get those aligned. Because if you're confused, any person that's going to try to come work with you is going to be confused. So For you've sure. got to be clear before anyone else can be clear. 100%, 100%. And that's the, most organizations miss that one major point. Then there's a few major ones, but you hit on a, on a perfect major gap. Mm -hmm. And when they're curious about where turnover happened, that's most of the time where it comes back to. 
Um, and yeah, you said it, if, the, if the team is not clear, if leadership is not clear, and then they give an unclear direction to the team, the team is unclear. And then you might even have people within it that say, I don't even think this person should be hired, but they're interviewing. And then you wonder why the person turned over or they're a bad cultural match. So I, like I, I always tell leaders, it's not, it's like exactly in skydiving. When something happens in skydiving, whether it be, whether it be tragic or not, whether there's things happen, whatever in life but you can't trace it back one or two steps because right. you go back to the moment that the choice was made. And so the choice is made when there is turnover, when there's profit loss, when there's anything that happens with people, you can always trace it back first and foremost to leadership and what leadership does in that moment and what process they chose and what communication strategy they chose and, and all that. So yeah, to your point, trace it back and then that's, that's where it is. But yeah, I agreed. Love that. When something goes wrong, you can always go back to the choice that was made. I love that. Okay, so that's going to be one of the things we have to talk about. So yeah. if you, for those of you who are listening, don't forget that. When something goes wrong, it always goes back to that choice that was made. Usually right. in the beginning, right? Because that starts the domino of everything else you choose. Oh, 100%. That's so, so, 100%. so if you look back over kind of this whole thing, what in your mind, because you've talked about kind of this whole human-centric and how you got there, your aha moment. What would you say would be the most significant learning for you, the most significant learning as you have moved through, you know, this whole getting these, these amazing records, building this business, developing a strategy, what has been the most significant learning that has brought you to this place to say, now I know this is how this needs to work because here's what I've learned. I would say, oh gosh, how do I do that in a nutshell, the small nutshell? <laughs> um, the most significant aspect is everything, it must be systematized. And that's not something that's being said in the market. Everything must be systematized, even like with a skydive. The moment that, that someone says, we want to make a skydive, what you do after that is will either lead to success or it'll lead to non-success, right? It'll lead to failure or breakdowns. Mm -hmm. The biggest aspect that I can tell them is ensure that you systematize the hiring process. Ensure that when you go out and you go to play that soccer game, that that's systematized. You know which players are going to be on that field. You know which positions they're going to be in. You have a strategy for, are you a passing team? Are you an offensive team? Are you a defensive team? Or are you both? If there's no communication, and within that systemization, you have to have communication strategy. You have to be human centric. So there's a values within that. You've got to have people that are capable. So you don't want to bring people off the street and say, hey, you know, you like you could make a skydive. Why don't you come on in and do a world record with us? <laughs> you, you wouldn't do that, but that's what businesses do all the time. Come on in and, and hire people that we really need. So the biggest thing that I can say for me is the systemization of anything. It will lead to success. Mm -hmm. And within that, there are the key pillars. And with hiring and for businesses and even for career seekers, their systemization of their search is so key because most think of, oh, if I apply to 50, 50 black holes, right. I'll get response. And I, every client I tell them when they feel like they're in the dumps, I tell them everyone else is applying to those. You need to have a strategy about how to differentiate yourself and differentiating yourself by having a differentiating a system mm -hmm. for hiring, which 
most companies in the world don't do until late if they do it at all, which is why, not why, but part of the reasons why 90% of businesses fail within the first few years mm -hmm. is systematizing that. And within that, having the human centricity is having the communication strategies, knowing the must haves and nice to haves and aligning your teams um, and knowing how to debrief correctly, knowing how to engage with the candidate and knowing what the candidate experience is. So it's a big, it's a big box to unpack, but uh, I'll say that for businesses out there, one thing that I can say to them is that never ever has it been easier uh, to simplify it and for you to change from confused and frustrated and, and unsure and blind spots to immediately aware, understanding and aligned and empowered. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some people out there doing it, but I've created this system. I've created a plug and play system where all the moving parts are taken care of. But that's the one thing that I can say is, is the biggest thing that I've taken out, everything must be systematized with the right ingredients. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, again, it's like a relationship. Right. Not that you want to systematize a relationship, <laughs> but if you, if you go to date and you don't even know who you are, you're going to date people that don't know who they are. And right. that's not really what you want. Yeah. You want to, to clarity, right? So within that is also clarity. So I would say the big thing is, is, really getting clear about what you know, what you don't know, what you know, you don't know, and being open about the fact that you don't know it all. And to right. seek out that expert like yourself, like myself, like other people that can, that can optimize you into ensuring that every piece of that moving part supports your business results, supports your business goals, and first and foremost, supports your people. Because that is the heartbeat. That is the blood. That is, I'll say one other thing, the, the other thing, the, the other thing is, as we all know, in, in, you know, the body, the spine is your everything mm -hmm. the core. Mm -hmm. If your spine is out, right. Your body's not going to function. Right. The core of a business, the spine is its people mm -hmm. fact. And that's just it. If that is out, mm -hmm. the rest of the business can't function. Mm -hmm. So creating that spine, aligning that spine. And I call myself the corporate for a chiropractor. I'm like, you're not broken. I just come in and I help, I help align you. <laughs> I help align you. We create your system. You go away, right? And to keep it repeatable, you have to integrate. You can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to practice it twice and be an expert. It's really taking it on mentally and integrating that into your business and owning it, owning it as a company, not just as leadership and communicating with the people, bringing everyone together. So there's a lot, but um, yeah, the systemization aspect with all the moving parts is really, I would say, um, the key to a business's success. But first you got to come with that mindset. If you don't have people first mindset, right. I, I wish you luck, yeah. uh, a lot of luck, but it's going to be painful. <laughs> Very right. painful, right. you know, lots of mistakes for everyone. Anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think there's something critical that you said in that significant learning as well is that, as, as an individual candidate, as someone who is looking to, they're out of work and they're looking for a job or they're just looking to move because it's not where they want to be, that, that idea of knowing, and this is what, I do the same thing. We talked about that, right? When you're working with someone, that idea of really knowing who you are and what you want and not allowing yourself to get in as much as possible, right? To get in a mode of desperation to find work. Um, and we all hit that sometimes, right? The, oh, yeah. Sometimes when you just got bills to pay, right? But oh, if yeah. you help yourself not be in that, that mode of desperation and really sit 
in strength around who you are, what skills you bring to the table, what you want your life to be so that you can clearly discern in that interview process, is this a fit or is this not a fit for me? And be okay if that's a no. And move right. on to the next thing. That Everything doesn't have to be a yes. I think it's so important for, for people to take what you're telling them, not only from a business perspective, the hiring manager, but from a candidate perspective to say, you need to be cool with the fit too. It's not just on the yeah. company. If you're not good, 100%. then say no. It's okay. Say no kindly and with respect because you would right. say no. But it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. 100%. It's your life. It's, it's your, your life. life. And I, it's, I tell all of my coaching clients um, on the candidate side, and it's interesting that you brought that up because that's the first thing that we, we talk about is one, where's your mindset? And most are in breakdown. Yes. And I can double hand, blaze my hand that I've been there. I've been there numerous times. Like, what do I want to do? And I don't have the best strategy. But the first is, is understanding where you are and acknowledging it and being okay with that because you're human. The second thing is getting clarity, yes. truly getting clarity. And as I tell them, um, one, of the, one of the exercises I have them do, and I say, it's not about the company, it's about you. And we'll go on later to talk about how to interact with the company. Yes. But you want to fit your career into your life not your life into your career. And if you can come in, like you were saying, clear about who you are and what you really, what's so important to you. I mean, when I get done with this clarity exercise with my, with my coaches, my yes. coaches, they had no idea. And I tell them, don't negotiate. One other thing I can say to that is people will negotiate themselves out of what they think. Oh, well, I couldn't have that. Why right. not? Why not? Write it down. Yes, don't, not, right? Exactly. Don't negotiate way out of it so right don't just dream it out how you want a one mile commute write that down you can always right. negotiate your way out of it but right. write that down and when so you walk in you can have that authentic conversation with you first in partnership with them mm -hmm. and be able to choose correctly for yourself like you said not out of desperation but out of a place of gratitude and strength for all and prosperity for all so yeah um, that's a, and that's a big thing right now, especially with these times is yeah. there's, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of people out there that think that companies aren't hiring and it's not possible. And it's, to, it's so not true. There is a flux going on right now, but every company, every candidate needs to have that strategy too. And, um, and it goes far beyond submitting your resume to, to positions that are open. That's like the last way that you're going to get a job. Exactly. So, um, exactly. And though, you know, and it's funny that clarity, cause my, my three words, everybody picks a word for the year. Of course I have three cause I'm an overachiever. Um, so my three <laughs> words for the year are clarity, conviction, and compassion, right? So being really clear, Beautiful. really clear about what I want and why, right. Being convicted about that. And then showing myself some compassion because we all have those moments. We all have those moments and nothing is going to be perfect all the time. And so you have to give yourself a break, right? As you're yeah. moving. So, so I really think, you know, I love that at the end is really that, that keep, you know, to people, get clear, get really yeah. clear on what you want your life to be and don't negotiate yourself out of something. I love that. Don't just, don't just automatically say, Oh, I can't get it. So I'm not even going to think about it. Put it down. I think that's right. wonderful. Guys. Write it up right. and then decide what your deal breakers are, right? So, right. but if you don't at least do that first, you'll never know. No, you shouldn't go to any other step if you haven't gotten clarity. And I'll add one thing to that as well, is that we are so good at negotiating ourselves out of our greatness yeah. that every, every, myself, I, I have, I, when COVID happened, 
I invested in three courses to up my game, to up level of mentors, of, of investing in myself and my blind spots and where I know I'll, neg I'll negotiate my way out of my greatness, out of my success. And what I can say to everybody is, yes, write it down, but get someone who will challenge you. Not someone who's going to let you play safe and not someone who's going to say, oh, you're okay. No, find that person that sees your greatness yes. and holds you accountable for when you try to play small or whatnot. Don't, don't do it alone. Like don't do, companies shouldn't do it alone to hire. Candidates should not do it alone to hire. That's why we're here together. Find someone who will, will challenge. I mean, that's like when we had our conversation, that's how I felt between us was, wow. She, she challenges me to think beyond, sees my blind spots mm -hmm. and I get to step in. One of the things for mine is focus for this year. Right. Focus. Don't get, because it's easy to get distracted right. and to take maybe distractions and, and not step into my power. And then also lean in, walk into those blind spots, but right. don't do it alone. Right. I invested in coaches and mentors and courses to say, oh, those, <laughs> those are my blind spots. Right. Okay. What, what do I need to do with those? How do I play in those and play in those, like you said, with compassion for myself mm -hmm. and yet um, with other people that are see my greatness. So we're not in this alone. We're not in this journey alone. And, um, you know, first and foremost, it's for self. Yeah. But yet it's really together. It's together. It's, as I say, is it's we where we win. We're not on a me journey. We are on all our own. Right. But try to take away who made your pillowcase, who made the food, who made the desk that you sit on, who made the wheels on your car, who made, who cuts your lawn. We don't survive alone, even though we might feel alone. We're not ever. And so the, 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 the magic is in connection to self, to other and how do we make that great? So yeah, I, I would suggest everyone to not ever do that alone. Get clarity and then go be willing to be challenged in that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I just really <laughs> think that, you know, it, it's so important that we that we have those those moments and that we are willing to be vulnerable enough to have somebody help us, right? 100%. And as just so you guys know, because you won't be able to see us, but one of the things that um, Elena and I said was, we have got to do better at getting our water in so we've now become oh. each other's accountability partner on getting 100%. water in. I have to say, I'm already at my water intake of my 120 ounces. Woo! So, today, um, wow. Today. Now, I, I got to catch up. Three o'clock. <laughs> I've, got, <laughs> I've got a few more hours. But it's great. So, so let's just put that into perspective right now. I've only had one glass of water today. And oh. what you, but what you just said as my accountability partner yep. has had me go... I need to step up my game. And it's why it's because my life is better with water and yes. you and I have become a team in terms of that. So it's like that, that's the magic is right. play, right. playing the game. Right. Exactly. So it's the, it's the same thing with recruiting and with finding a job. It's like, it's a game. It's and if game. we can see it as how do we play it yes. with others, you know? So yeah, I, I, I'm going to go drink my four glasses right after yes. this. <laughs> Send me a picture. I, yes, you will get all four, all four pictures. <laughs> well, yeah. Elena, thank you, thank you, thank you. How do people get thank in touch? You. Yes, perfect. So, um, so I have my website, which is www.pendulumglobal.com. So pendulum is spelled P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M global.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. So it's spelled A-L-A-N-A, -A -A, F as in Frank, U-L, V as in Victor, I-O, you can say it however you wish. <laughs> Everyone watches my name. Uh, but LinkedIn is great. You can see testimonials. I'm on Yelp as well. Uh, you can see test testimonials there. You can also call my business line, which is 650-393-3924. 
um, and uh, get get in touch directly with me there. I'm open to calls, emails. Um, again, it'll be me answering and or my assistants, and we will get back to you within 48 hours. Personal, it's there's no robots involved. Uh, we are human focused, so you are important, and uh, you will get that treatment. You will see what it's like to be treated as a human being within the hiring and business world. So I love mm -hmm. that. And we will, yeah. listeners, we will post that in the show notes as well so that you have all of that ready so you can, can get in touch with Elena. And I just want to thank you again so much for agreeing thank to be you. on my show. Um, this has been wonderful. We're going to do it again so we can dive deeper yes. into some of the, the topics um, around, you know, from the candidate experience piece and also from the business piece. So Definitely. we will be seeing you in multiple times on the Rutledge Perspective. Yes, yes. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. And um, we will catch you next time. Take care. Yep. Definitely. Thank you. You have been listening to The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please give us a five-star rating. You can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com slash podcast, and you can subscribe to the show where you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. Oh, and if there's someone you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutledge perspective, please pass it along. Thank you for tuning in.